Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Well, it's good to be back uh, from uh, sunny Texas. We got here just in time for the snowstorm. In fact, we landed in the snowstorm. We didn't even know we were landing until we hit. It was snowing so hard. And uh, that's always a good feeling when you can't see anything for a long time, and then you feel that boom, and then the second one. The second one's always the positive one. And then the reverse thrust. That's always a good feeling. You know you're in Alaska, and now you get to drive home at 4 in the morning after being up all day and all night. That's Alaska. That's why we live here. You know, we're, we're not called frontiersmen for nothing. I mean, real men and women live in Alaska. And this is going out on camera to all you watching this morning online. You're welcome to, if you live outside the state of Alaska, there's a lot of room for you. Move on up, tell us where you came from, and we'll move to your house. I have several books here this morning I'd like to give away in, uh, in keeping with uh, Pastor Peter Gallardo's uh, tradition of giving away books. It's called The Backstory of Where Jesus Was Born. It's by Ron Bishop. Now, Ron Bishop has, has been to our church and spoken before. He's a friend of ours. He's a friend of Peter and Janet Gallardo's. And he, uh, he's an excellent writer. This is a good book. Anybody that would like a copy of this, raise your hand. We want to get it to you. Just go ahead and take one and pass the rest to whoever would like one. Be sure and get one over here. I had it in my heart. To, to give over here. Both, both those in the back row. There we go. And I'll dig around in my office for some more. I'm sure there's more or I'll talk to Peter. <laughs> He'll bring a box of books down. Well, uh, it's wonderful to have the Christmas season upon us. Whoever decorated the, the church, You did a fantastic job. It's beautiful. I like lights in Alaska in the winter. I was thinking of the travel advisory that uh, Larissa mentioned this morning. I'll update the travel advisory. The travel advisory is from October 15th to May 1st. Before I get started this morning, the Christmas story is such a, a wonderful story, and it affects so many lives in so many different ways, and uh, I'm going to talk about that a little bit uh, this morning, but I would like to give opportunity for any testimony this morning. I always like to give opportunity for someone to give testimony of the goodness of God in their life. Perhaps God healed you this past week or month. Perhaps he blessed you in some way that you would like to acknowledge that. So take a moment to do that. 
morning, church. I don't have any healing, but I have um, two quick examples of how the Lord's working. And one really hit me when um, Nina was up here praying for tithes and how how important of uh, an, an aspect of our lives that is and, and just how the Lord really does bless that and it's in so many unexpected ways. And so it's been heavy on my heart to spend uh, Christmas in Wisconsin with my family again. And um, I haven't been there in six years for it. And it was just, uh, my wife and I were kind of back and forth on the fence and it just really wasn't in the budget this year. And, but the Lord knew, the Lord knew that it was on my heart for it. And in October, I got um, a very, very generous check in the mail from somebody that I have flown out of state for years ago to give a hand doing uh, some moving and such. And I flew because I knew that that was important for me to be there. And, you know, we financed it and that was all good. But it's amazing to me whose heart and finances God will use to bless you when something is on your heart. And um, I have one other one that's really uh, quick, um, but just how small but still so big it is. I had a uh, presentation, I'm back in school, I had a presentation on Thursday, a group presentation. There were five groups, every group had four or five people, and we were given eight subjects. We had to write eight papers and have eight presentations prepared, and then on the day that we showed up, the instructor would give you one or two topics, you didn't know which, and then your group would present. So my group decided to break everything up in two. We had four people, so we each got two topics. And on Thursday morning, class is at 11.30. At 10.30, I get a message from one of my group mates that there's no in, they're not going to be able to get out. And then about a half hour later, I got another one. And then, um, then the last one canceled. They were all snowed in, and I was anxious. It's finals week. I'm, I'm stressed and um, over a cold and just tired and weary, and the Lord knows that. And so I showed up to class, and I saw that I wasn't presenting one but two topics, and I didn't know how I was going to get through this, and I looked at both topics, and they were both that I, the ones that I had prepared. So what I take away from that is it doesn't matter how small of a thing it feels. It's the world. It was the world to me that day. The minute I saw those, I didn't care that I was giving two presentations. I knew that I knew the material. I got up and did it, and it just, the anxiety and relief was gone. So just... Keep living for him, and he will keep looking out for you in all the ways. When people ask me where I'm from, well, it can be a long story. Of course, it began when I was born, that was in New Hampshire. My parents moved five times the first five years they were married, because dad kept finding a better job at another hospital. Went around New England, New York State, and then uh, just before I turned three, I was about two and a half actually, we moved to Florida, and that's where I grew up, Jacksonville, Florida. And then we were off doing missionary work in Columbia. Came back, 
We went to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Back to Jacksonville again. I went to work and really started a good career in auto mechanics and uh, did very well. And then later, many years later, 1976, we went to Guatemala. Well, I was down there a total of 13 years. Three years, first time, 10 to second. My next move from there was to Delta Junction, Alaska, where I met my wife. So four children were born to us, my daughter in Delta Junction, the three boys were born sourdoughs in Fairbanks, Alaska. And so uh, having been in Florida building fire trucks for eight and a half years, I came back up to Alaska in 2015. We all moved up here. And, uh, it's been an adventure. But it turns out my mother is still in Guatemala. My father passed when we moved down there the second time. My father had cancer. He knew he wouldn't last long. And as he said, he wanted to go to Guatemala again. And besides, it's a lot cheaper to die down there than it is here. Everything for the funeral and everything cost us $100. That's all. So it is considerably cheaper. But the point is, my mother is still there. And here she is, 72 years post-polio. And she's had a couple of strokes. And uh, we don't know how long she's going to last but it doesn't seem now like it's going to be too long. And I'm seriously planning to travel probably next month to Guatemala. And one thing about it, it will be my first time to have a paid vacation in eight years. So uh, I was down there three and a half years ago, and we had a wonderful time. All, all my siblings went too in his mom's 88th birthday. And we had a wonderful time on Lake Atitlan. If you don't know anything about that lake, it's quite a place and quite a resort there in the town of Panajachel. And uh, it's the only time our family has ever stayed at a resort, except for one time in the early 60s in North Carolina at a Methodist church camp. And we had a great time. The four of us, had, as kids, had not been together for a few years. 
and we thoroughly enjoyed our time. It was really a blessing, and it was a good time to do it because Mom had a stroke about two or three months afterward, and she was she's no longer able to do what she did on that trip, although she was in the electric chair at the time, and uh, we carried that chair and everything else with her in it. Uh, And I, I'd really like prayers for her and whatever's going to happen. But then I want to comment on something. With a praise this morning. If you, uh, I remember one time I read through the book of Psalms all 150 of them, with the idea just to look at each song and ask, why was this written? Every one of it. Well, some people feel like praising because everything's going well. There were a few psalms written for that reason, but very few of them. Most of them were written in spite of what was going on. And that's an important thing to remember with praise. You don't praise because things are going well. You praise to get closer to him. And another thing, I this is kind of a confession, but we've been married now, let's see, 1996, 26 years now. Uh, and up till that time, I had always tithed, always. But when we were married, I. Where we were living, we were volunteers. We had no set income. But I did tithe off the little bit I got. And when I became employed, my wife did not want to give a tithe. Well, recently, I overrode that idea. Because... I remember my parents counseling young couples who were having trouble with their finances. One thing she told them was tithe. And uh, their finances straightened up. You don't know where the money comes from when that happens. But it worked. So I crashed over and did it. And I just put a weekly sum online to the church here. And uh, I feel real good about it. And as far as what may happen with our finances because of it, I'm just saying like my dad did when he did something big, you know, he said, let the chips fall where they may. Because 
God will somehow take care of it. I've seen it time and again. I didn't even say anything to her when I did it. I did a few days afterwards. <laughs> there are some things that, uh, I tell you, when the Spirit of the Lord tells you to do something, there's no such thing as asking permission to do it. <laughs> you don't need permission, you have orders. When you don't have orders, that's when you need permission. And uh, that's all I have to say for now. Amen. That is the most I've heard David speak since I've known him. <laughs> One more. I'm just grateful to the Lord. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, uh, Peter had a stroke, and he's not, he doesn't get out as much as he and normally uh, had before. Um, but this week, the Lord brought to our house, um, by way of a phone call, um, someone who needed to be born again. And he uh, called. He's a nephew of ours. We, we don't keep in great contact with him. He was just really struggling, really going through a hard time. And he said, I just, I don't know what to do. And he was not brought up in the Lord. And, um, but we were able to pray the sinner's prayer with him. And I'm just grateful. The Lord knows that's still in our hearts <laughs> to serve. And the Lord just, just it's just like a, a wonderful puzzle piece coming together and Lord, I just am thankful, thankful for that young man's life and what the Lord's going to do with him, and just thankful that he displays his love for us in that way. Amen. Let's give it up for that young man that received the Lord. Yes. One more? Sure. I did a lot of traveling this week, and, uh, you know, I, I love being in airports and just watching people come and go, and, and uh, I was sitting there, and I was waiting for a flight. I was going from uh, Atlanta to Seattle, and uh, I see this guy walking toward me, and he, had, he just had these huge shoulders and, and big arms, and I mean, the guy was an amazing physique. And I look up, and he sits down, and, I'm, I'm, and I just go, holy smokes, you look like a superhero, right? It just, what other dude comments on another guy's physique, right? But I, I, just, I just felt it on my heart just to say it, that uh, it's like, man, and he just kind of blushed. He goes, well, thanks a lot, you know? And, and I had like a three-hour uh, three layover, and uh, this guy uh, had quite a bit of layover, too. I ended up talking with this gentleman for the whole time in my layover. And uh, come to find out, he is, he is, he's been married for 20 years, and, or 18 years, and he's going through a divorce, and he was having a hard time. And the fact that I have experience in that area, 
I was able just to, you know, praise the Lord, and, you know, and he's a man of faith, and, and uh, just to encourage him to uh, just give it to the Lord. And, and, and it was just, a, he left just, you know, in a higher elevation. Just, he was just like, this must have been uh, on purpose. And all it took was me just not worrying about how I looked and just reaching out and saying, man, you look like a superhero, right? And just acknowledge that. It just, uh, and, just, and, and, and just to love and serve. And uh, so that was my blessing this week. And, uh, and uh, I'll give it back to you. Basically, that's how we feel about Matt. He's just passing on the comments to others. When you, when you receive a good thing, pass it on, right? Uh, I, I saw a thing the other day. Somebody mentioned, uh, if plants do well when you speak kindly to them, what do you think would happen to humans when you speak kindly to them? And... Uh, Kindness is a very important aspect of walking your Christian walk. Well, the title of my message today is Missio Dei, and it's Latin for the mission of God or the sending of God. It also represents the kingdom in that it's here. It's now, it is moving. It's referring to the work of the church as being a part of the work of God, of God's work. Missio Dei, that's your Latin word of the day. We'll have another one in a minute. I believe that that term is vital to us at this time in this season. I believe the Christmas season. Now, there's all kinds of viewpoints on Christmas. I mean, they, they cover the spectrum from decorating to, you know, the, tri the, uh, the church we uh, pastored for a time in Colorado for a couple of years, helping them out there. They had like 12 Christmas trees. They loved Christmas trees there in Colorado. And they had them there year-round. And I took them down and put them in storage. I don't know who did it, but I come back and they're back. Like, okay, I got the message. They love Christmas trees there. Other people don't care for the, the aspects of Christmas like that, you know? So it can vary widely, but there is one message that resonates throughout Christmas. I believe that the Christmas season is one of the greatest opportunities for evangelism. The reason the airwaves, the radio waves are full of Christmas songs and carols. Now, not all are Christmas carols. Some are Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. The very next day, 
You gave it away. <laughs> you know, so that the radio waves are filled with the message of Christ through Christmas carols, the television's full of Christmas Hallmark movies, you know, and uh, some people just really enjoy Hallmark Christmas movies. Others of us endure them. We, uh, we have all different takes on how we feel about Christmas, but Christmas still affects almost every one of your senses, from the lights, your visual sense, to the smells of Christmas, of the baking and the cooking and the different things, to the tastes of Christmas, to the friendships and, and uh, companionship of Christmas. It encompasses every sense, and there's a reason for that. Now, I'm not going to get into the debate of if was Christ born on Christmas Day. That's a big argument in the church, and I've used that argument a lot. We don't know when he was born exactly. It said probably in the springtime. However, I looked up the temperature in Bethlehem today, and if I was a shepherd, I'd be out there in the fields guarding the sheep. I mean, it's 70. But wherever, whatever your take on that, it still, the, I believe, the best opportunity for evangelism to share the good news message that Jesus came to earth, God sent his son, he was born a virgin, and then he had his teen years. We don't hear anything about that. You know how you keep most of your teens years that you've raised? You keep those quiet, right? He was a regular teenager, I believe. He gave his brothers problems. He gave his parents problems. They, they went to uh, the temple and left and didn't even notice for, was it two days that he was missing? And they had, where, where'd Jesus go? And they had to go all the way back and find him. And then he made a statement to them so profound that I'm sure to a parent it would be difficult. What are you doing here and doing in the temple? Well, I'm, I'm about my father's business. That's a bold and possibly brash statement to make to your parents. Because all of a sudden... It puts them in a whole different dimension in the relationship than what they had just two days before. We grow up. Anyway, the radio's filled with songs, TV's filled with movies, but not everybody's attitude is set to it's the most wonderful time of the year. In the Peter Rabbit 2 movie, anybody see that? Green Day's song is played, and I'm going to read you the lyrics to it. It says, it goes like this, I walk a lonely road, the only one that I've ever known. 
I walked the empty street on the boulevard of broken dreams. My shadows, the only one that walks beside me. Sometimes I wish that someone would find me. We were in the car with our uh, daughter and grandsons going to uh, the Houston Zoo lights. They have uh, a light festival at Christmas. And uh, our six-year-old grandson started singing this Green Day song. And I like the song. I mean, it resonates with a certain part of your soul, does it not? I think everybody has that place where they can say, yeah, there's times I have felt alone. And our six-year-old grandson starts singing this song, and I'm like, to Nikki, I'm like, Bennett knows Green Day? And she goes, well, it was in Peter Rabbit too. And that's how I knew it was in Peter Rabbit too. But in those lyrics, sometimes I wish that someone would find me. This is your Missio Dei. moment. It's your day. It's your opportunity to open up and bring uh, the good news of hope and joy by walking beside someone. My shadows, the only one that walks beside me, You could be someone's shadow, especially during this time of year. In real time, bringing the gospel message that Christ is born. And with that, the universe was changed. C.S. Lewis quote says, joy is the serious business of heaven. I love that statement. I've uh, looked at that statement many times over the years. Joy is the serious business of heaven. Joy is a fruit that grows on a tree that sprung from a root that says, I understand God is my provider, my protector, my provision, and the joy that comes, that fruit of the joy fruit of joy is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Happiness is not my strength. Don't get me wrong. I like happiness. There's moments I've had some. But happiness is very fleeting. But joy is a sustenance, and it's renewable, it's sustainable, it's there, and it's resident with you, and it thrives in the Christian life with the knowledge that God is my everything, and he has it all in hand. All right, everybody with me so far? Anybody up, stay up late last night at a Christmas party? Take a deep breath. I got a few more minutes. Nehemiah 8, 
Verse 10, it says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Now, Nehemiah is facing in Ezra in this time and season in Israel. They were facing a very daunting um, opportunity to restore, bring about restoration. And they were like feeling the weight of that. But the Lord spoke to them and says, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. When you are facing life's difficulties, circumstances, loneliness, depression, whatever you may be, sickness, and um, the joy will become your strength. Now, Psalm 98, there was a man named Isaac Watts. You're probably very familiar with him as he lived in 1674 to 1748. Now, Isaac Watts was a sort of a rebel. He grew up uh, in the church. He was very intelligent, and uh, they really wanted to draw him into, and his, his parents, into being a part of the Church of England. Even offered to pay his, for his education, this young man, Isaac Watts, pay for his education to be uh, a, tra- uh, a taught theologian uh, in the Church of England. And he said, no, I'm going to be a nonconformist. It's not what my calling is. But as a teenager, one thing he had against the church was their songs up to that point in time were simply uh, just the chanting of Scripture. And so his dad, tiring of listening to him complain about it, said, well, write your own song." And he did. Stirred on by Psalm 98. And he wrote the song, Joy to the World. The Lord is come. He comes to make his blessings flow as far as the curse is found. Now, what he did was he took Scripture but he put it to uh, a different wording and a different cadence, a different circadian rhythm and a different music, everything. And the church hated it. We don't like change. But it changed music. I appreciate that he wrote that song. I appreciate that he challenged the status quo of the day and said, I'm hungry for an expression of God that meets meets where I believe people are at today. Again, joy is knowing God as your provider, your protector, and your source. And I don't believe as Christians as a whole, the Christian community walks in that as much as it's available for us to walk in. Let's look at uh, Luke chapter 2. 
We see the Christmas, beginning of the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2. It's uh, concerning the birth of Christ. I'm going to begin at verse 8. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. I find it very interesting that God chose to bring about the, uh, the heralding of the birth of Jesus to shepherds and kings alike. We know the story of the three wise men. I recently found out there was a fourth, but they don't mention him because what he brought was a fruitcake. Yeah, I know my humor needs help. But uh, God chose the shepherd. They weren't the most notable people in the community. They were usually uneducated, not overly educated, not well-educated. They weren't wealthy by any means. They were doing the task others didn't want to do. Now this... Anyway, so... He reveals this to the shepherds, and I think there's a statement in that, that God wants his message to go to those who are out there in the fields. Of the good news that Jesus was born. Now we're going to move on to another Latin word, salvatur ambulando. Do we have that up there? There we have it, which means it is solved by walking. Many of you growing up heard that statement when you got hurt, walk it off. Just get up, walk it off. It is solved by walking. Now this term is often... Uh, used, um, accredited to uh, St. Francis, I believe it is, one of those guys, one of those saints that walked a lot. But I'm going to use it here in this message. It is solved by walking. There are those that are discouraged, those that are dirty by the world standards in mind, thought, deed, physical, whatever it might be, tired, those without hope those without joy, those without hardly anything in their life, and they may look perfectly fine to the eye. They may be shoppers in Walmart or Fred Meyers or um, non-essentials. And unless you walk with spiritual eyes opened with this opportunity, this is the best time of the year for evangelism, you might miss that moment. 
to walk along beside them. So we're going to take this out of Luke chapter 24. It's the story of the road to Emmaus. Jesus has been crucified. Everything all of his disciples and followers felt have been dashed. You know, Jesus was going to bring a new kingdom to Jerusalem. Everything was going to be, you know, good. And they might even get a, 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 a position in his uh, new kingdom being established in Israel. So that, that failed. It's like a, a job interview that went bad. You're not going to get that job. You'd have no prospect of another one. And they're walking along the road. These two disciples have left Jerusalem. They're walking along the road to Emmaus. It's a seven-mile journey. It's the end of the day. They're discouraged. They're dirty. Just think of walking seven miles on a hot afternoon, and it's without anything to look forward to. It's drudgery. It's a hard walk. Something happened. Somebody showed up and started walking along with them and said, what are you guys talking about? And they said, uh, what are you, living under a rock? They killed Jesus. It's all the news. It's all everybody knows about. And they've, they've killed him and and we're just leaving. We're headed back to we don't know what. And he begins to walk alongside them and just begins to talk to them. And then he reveals himself to them. And they make an, an astounding comment. Did not our hearts burn within us? You have Christ in you, the hope of glory, to be that same person to someone else walking on their road. You have that same power, the same Christ that dwells in you to bring about. It's just walking alongside somebody, not pounding them with the gospel message, not pounding them with the Bible, just just walking with them. And all of a sudden, they'll look at that and they'll go, wow, what happened? What just took place? I feel hope again. I feel things have changed again. I, I, I feel better. I, I want to know this person now. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So here they've walked, impelled Jesus to stay with them. You say, it's been a long day, a long walk. It's getting, spend the night here. Stay with us. Don't go on. And he reveals himself to them. When Jesus reveals, when you receive that revelation, things change. And all of a sudden, that seven-mile journey didn't seem long at all because they turned right around and double-tailed it back, double-timed it. Um, I remember one of my, my first Christmas in Alaska. 
came up here in 1972, my, my Volkswagen bus. I was living in my, at Christmas, I was living in my Volkswagen van down by the river. It wasn't actually a river, it was Muldoon. I got a picture somewhere somebody took of me. The snow was about two and a half feet high on top of the roof of my Volkswagen bus, and I'm living in that. But these people let me park it in their, their, uh, near their driveway, another little spot, and they kind of took me in. And they had a whole lot of kids, so one more mouth was not a hard thing because there was always tortillas and different things on the table, and I could go in and just, just eat. And they took me in, and then for Christmas that year, it was a lonely year for me because I was away from my family. I was away from... Um, just, I had made a big move, leaving L.A. and coming to Alaska, saying, that's it, I'm done with L.A., I'm going to live here, and, and it was a, a, a long time, and that, that Christmas season got to be kind of lonely for me, but I'll never forget, they brought me in, they gave me money, and said, get a haircut, <laughs> and I did, and, uh, and they had a present wrapped for me when the family all got together that evening. But the condition, a little, little good, good old Catholic lady, mama, she said, you're going to midnight mass with us Christmas Eve. Now, I didn't know much about midnight mass. I didn't know much about Catholicism other than I was not one. And we went, and I discovered something fantastic. They along with the mass, when it's completed, they give out a loaf of bread to you. And she had all of her kids there, and she had every one of them go up and get me a loaf of bread. I went home with six loaves of bread. I was, like, moved. Now, I wasn't a Christian at this time, and I didn't become a Christian for another year. But guess what? I tell that story today. Because someone walked beside me, changed, never forgot. This is your Missio Day. This is your Salvatore, I'll try to do my best, Ambulando. It's solved by walking with that person. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.